Greetings, adventurers, and welcome back to Return to EverQuest, a podcast where we revisit and discuss the classic game of EverQuest. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing our journey to the continent of Otis to kill the tyrannical king of the kobolds, King Gragnar, and our failed hunt of the legendary Muggleup in the Warrens. As always, we want to thank you for listening to our show and taking the time to leave those ratings and reviews that help power level our show. So this week, the Gnome crew packed their bags full of loot from Befallen and decided to head west to Otis. Nerf and Perf, Ticklewinks, and Evernerd heard of a tyrannical kobold king living deep within the Warrens there. It was time to pay him a visit and overthrow the monarchy. But before we get to the regicide goodness, we have some lore from Evernerd. After defeating the necromancers in Befallen, Evernerd, Tinklewinks, Nerf and Puff, and company stopped by the local inn in the Commonlands for some food and drink. It is here where they meet a unique fellow named Innkeep Redthorn. Redthorn approaches the party and says, You boys ain't from around these parts, are you now? Evernerd replies, No, sir, but it doesn't seem like you're from around here either. You got me, boy. I'm from the Karanas. South Karana, that is. I used to live off the land, hunting, fishing, and farming. That's until them split pole nose ran me right out of there. Now I spend my time serving food and drink for the finest of Norafters like yourselves. We appreciate that, sir. I see you got some cobalt scalps over there. We got some ourselves from the Grickbar clan near our hometown of Akanon. Where'd you get yours? Let me tell you something, boy. These scouts right here are from the Cobalt Clan Cobalts. You ever hear of that there, Ken? No, sir. Cobalts, being the human-like dogs that they are, are not dumb creatures. It's rumored that they are the creation of Braille Surrealis himself, one of the original gods of nature and influence, also known as the Duke of Below, who created both the dwarves and gnomes just like yourselves. Well, these Cobalt Cobalts went ahead and built them a nice underground home near the dark city of Pain Eel. It's called the Warrens because of all the interconnected passages inside. I wouldn't recommend you youngins go out that way because I ain't never seen so many Cobalts in my life. Also, this bunch is highly organized. They got a king and everything. Rumor even has it that they dug so deep, they even stumbled upon a Mugglewump. Can you believe that? A Mugglewump. It's like the biggest doggone tadpole you ever seen in your life, boy. Well, we appreciate the info, sir, and we'll probably make the Warrens our next stop, since we have an old itch to scratch with the Cobalts. Boy, you listen to me now. This is no game. Going there means certain death. Understood. Good meeting you, sir. Till next time. Evanerd, Tinkerwinks, Nerf and Puff, and company compensate Redthorn for his service and exit the inn. They all make eye contact with each other, and without saying a word, nod in agreement. Evernerd, being a wizard and not accustomed to long journeys by land, decided to head back to Greater Ark to catch the next portal to the Nexus on the moon, and then back down to the continent of Otis, where the Warrens is located. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's there, great. That was a, a really good story. And, you know, just to point, put something in, I think it's crazy to think that we are somewhat related to these folks, right? Uh, they were one of those creatures created by Braille, but the kobolds felt he turned his back on them after the more, quote-unquote, intelligent uh, beings were created. Um, do you guys happen to know who the kobolds now worship, by any chance? Hmm. I'm going to say Inarok. Oh, interesting. All right. Mm. 
I'm going to go with uh, Rallis Zek here. Okay. Interesting. Uh, close. Uh, they, it was actually called Rolfram Zek. I don't know if you guys have heard of them. There's a couple different Zeks that I've, I've read about. Is this one of the siblings or cousins of, I forget who's the primary Zek? Uh, that'll be Rallis Zek, right? The, the God of War. Yeah. No, Rolfram Zek, it was actually a devout shaman. He was kobold, and he was overwhelmed with that despair after losing the spiritual guidance from Braille. And that sense of despair really hit all the kobolds really hard. And they descended into a civil war as they splinter into different factions. And Ralozek, being the god of war, took a notice of this. And the kobolds gained his respect based on that ferocity in the in the civil wars. And he basically took Rolfran in as an adopted son. And he granted him a portion of his own power and elevated him to a demigod. So he's now known as the Lord of Despair. And is the one who inflicts the suffering and sorrow on the victims of war. So it's kind of cool to think that Rolfram Zek is who most of the kobolds worship, which was one of their own in the life past. Isn't that a really good thing? Like a story. That is cool. Yeah, I like that. That's that's pretty neat. And, you know, it's good to have Tickle Wings along for these journeys because you can share that kind of stories with me along the way. Like you and I did. We traveled to <laughs> <Right>? Otis. <laughs> yeah, you know, and so it's cool to, like, learn all the lore of EverQuest as we travel through. And this time, you know, kind of share what you thought where we, we left Befallen together and we headed out, right. you know, west. Yeah, something to point out. Uh, for me, it was definitely a blast from the past. Uh, my first and most beloved character was a halfling. So I really enjoy going through Kino's Hills, you know, West Karanas and Kithiko Forest and seeing all these landmarks again after so long. For me, it just brought me back 20 years. And I was able to go and say hi to Justin, Justin with a Y, and Aeson. They were good buddies of me. You know what I'm talking about? I'm uh, not familiar with that that individual, no. You never met Justin with a Y. No. Where's he at? He's in the Karanas. He's, he's God, I ain't never hunted there. I was an ogre <laughs> shadow knight, man. That was like kill on he's, sight for me. He's a, <laughs> Justin with a Y is a good buddy of mine. He's a guard in one of the guard towers, like close to Kino's Hills. And uh, he he's the one that protects you. I guess every time that you get overwhelmed, you always <laughs> Justin with a Y. <laughs> oh, wow. Nice. I mean, for Nerf and Perf, it was really cool traveling to Otis. So kind of some of my highlights were traveling through the Karanas. Man, those zones are huge, especially, what is it, uh, West Karana, I think it is. It's just yep. massive. And I'm so happy to have a little horse mount. So because we have, uh, you know, the, the new EverQuest live service, you can get a little mount and, and ride it. And it goes kind of like Spirit of the Wolf almost. So it helps traveling overland uh ton so we were able to go through with the horses that way then i also did my second steinamaga quest so i'm trying to get a steinamaga for evernerd and because i went back to kino santa rudin i was able to finish out the quest a second time and toxulia forest i didn't notice but they upgraded it with new graphics so i am kind of sad because i like the old graphics there i'm still a fan of the original graphics and kara island I've always heard about. It. I never was able to go there in the original EverQuest days, but they they redid the zone of Toxic Forest where it now includes Kara Island. So it's kind of like you know two in one zone, if you will. Uh, so I I wish I would have had an opportunity to see that back in the day. But let's get down to the good stuff now and the hunt for the Kobold King. So let's provide a quick recap for the audience where we went from Befallen, we went to the Warrens. The Warrens is uh, kind of by Payneal, and we hunted there from levels 15 to 16. Fun fact about this zone, it's important for us later on, is that it was added in 2001 as part of what was called the Trivial Loot Experiment. And I'll talk a little bit about that more. I had no idea what that was going in, but after we played in the Warrens, I, I did a little bit of research because there was something weird about this zone, and you'll you'll hear about that. So how did our attempt 
go for killing the Cobalt King. What funny things happened? Uh, Carlos, Derek, what do you have to say? I honestly cannot believe that he could charm the king himself. I mean, for me, that's a one turn of events to see the king going around stumping all his subjects. That's just crazy. Yeah, I, I really think that... Uh, Different purpose, powerful. <laughs> I charm the king. <laughs> I was surprised as well that he did charm charmed the king it was uh, interesting i was gonna say carlos for me the funny part of that combat so we started attacking the king and then he <laughs> had his subordinate next to him which was also powerful yeah and i was in charge of rooting the additional mobs that came onto us uh, onto the group so that you could continue healing and everyone else could continue their things the problem is is when i do that i get what they call aggro so now the monster one or the mob wants to attack me when it's done with the root so i have like four or five different mobs rooted. So once a root starts coming off, these things start running after me. So that's what happened in this scenario. And my hit points are low. I'm like, hey guys, I need heals, I need heals. And everyone's worried about their own thing. And then I died. I was the only one that died, I believe. Yeah, the only one. Yeah, well, here's, here's the funny part. You know, I died and as soon as I come back to life, I see that my clerk had still had mana to cast Whoa. heals and then we had a, we had a paladin in the group that also had mana to cast heals and also had his lay on hands that gives you full hit points i want to hear it Oh, uh, I think the paladin did use his lay on hands to be honest with you um he used it after the fact um later on in the fight mm. you yeah know, he was saving you know, it for himself <laughs> yeah, as he should have here's a question why are you rooting if we have an enchanter Mm -hmm. Well, he was focused on, <laughs> I couldn't cast nukes efficiently on these mobs because they were so high above us. That's the problem with the wizard and these encounters is that his spells get resisted so much if the monsters like four levels are above you. So with the enchanter, he's able to charm these red mobs, but the wizard is a lot less capable of doing things in those scenarios. So he was focused on his thing and I'm focused on what I could do, which is rooting additional mobs that came onto the group. Gotcha. You know, I, I think one of the things to point out here also, the, the unfortunate thing in the zone is the fact that you really can't sit down. If you do sit down to med, you will definitely pull the aggro on all the low-level kobolds. And they don't hit that hard, but it just becomes quite a nuisance because then you got all these different mobs, these ads coming in and trying to hit you. It's really hard to med in this zone. It was quite frustrating as well. Tons and tons of kobolds. I mean, like, what the heck? There were so many. It was like a swarm. You kill, you kill one, five pop up. It was never any extreme of kobolds. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's like all you see in the peripherals is just kobold after kobold just making a beeline to us. It was just insane how many kobolds came on. So look, Nerf and Perf's there, right? He is, you know, controlling the battlefield with his uh, mesmerizing abilities. He's charming the king. He's charming the prince. He's beating everybody <laughs> up. He's doing this and that. And guess who's not anywhere to be found? Evernerd, right? And then I hear him come on the, the net. He's like, hey, uh, I, I got killed. I'm like, what are you talking about, man? And I turn around. There's his body there. And he's like, bring the king out to the hallway, guys. Bring him out. <laughs> I'm like, no. There's like 50 kobolds between us and the hallway. So Evernerd doesn't have an invisibility spell. So he's stuck out there. The whole fight, he's talking about, come to the hallway. Come to the hallway. <laughs> and, you know. Here we are. Because I have the area of effect spells. No, no, because every time, and then also when I mesmerize these creatures, you know, I don't know what happens with Evernerd, but he freaks out and he starts like raining hellfire on area of effect spells <laughs> everywhere. I'm like, what is going on, man? But yeah, so so I don't know. I don't know what happened there. Hey, they're they're very mana efficient, those spells. 
<laughs> so yeah, what do we what do we think? Um, we ended up killing the Cobalt King. You know, we were successful, even though Evernerd wasn't there. So we did it with uh, the the tools we had at our disposal. But for everybody listening, we again we've mentioned before, like we have our nephews playing that are playing a rogue. We have our uh, brother in law who's playing a gnome uh, paladin, Tankle. So we have Tankle, the paladin, Stabster, the rogue. So they're with us. But how does Evernerd Ticklewinks feel about now slaying the Cobalt King? Uh, you know, the first thing I wanted to mention was with regards to Invis, uh, why don't wizards have Invis until level 16? I believe the Enchanter gets it at level 4, the Mage gets it at level 8, and the Wizard, the most powerful caster in the entire game, gets it at level 16. That makes absolutely no sense to me. Because they suck! (laughs) (laughs) So, in regards to the Kobolds, uh, Evernerd now has two Kobold clan scalps on his wall. He wants to acquire one from each of the remaining clans in order to complete his collection. So what he's doing is he's building a memorial for his fellow gnomes who fell at the hands of the Kobold and Akanon. You know, so Nerf and Perf, right? Nerf and Perf went in there and was able to charm uh, the king and the prince and all the who's who of the kobolds. And Nerf and Perf, I am the Kingslayer. Now one day I shall morph into a kobold and sit upon the thousands of dead kobolds I have slain on their king's throne. And all the kobolds shall praise Nerf and Perf. Nah, actually, never mind. I think they are quite stinky. But but anyway, Nerf and Perf's the man. I'm just saying, if there's a gnome that's cool, it's Nerf and Perf. <laughs> Aren't you guys the least remorseful? I mean, think about it. They're, we just heard about the lore. Their creator just tossed them like you use toothpick and now they worship the lord of despair i mean come on you guys don't feel bad at all i only feel bad that i didn't kill any more of them (laughs) (laughs) oh bad that you didn't kill a king's king (laughs) (laughs) so here's where things got interesting so we go in there we killed the kobold king we did it pretty quick and efficiently so we're like all right boom target down kobold king's dead we're gonna search for this thing called the muggle wolf that's in the zone you know this we didn't know what the hell it was but apparently there was like a level 25 tadpole-like creature deep within the Warrens. Um, I'm going to, you know, talk about that with Evernerd here to fill us in. But what went wrong with that expedition deep within the Warrens? Well, I got to say is once we conquered the king, there was only one powerful creature left that remained lurking in the shadows of the Warrens begging our call. And this was the Muggle Wump. So at first, when I scouted the area, he looked like an easy mob to take on. He's sitting in a pool. It's a big tadpole. He's sitting in a pool of water, small pool. So I figured we could go there, cast on him from standing outside the pool and him being technically a fish, he couldn't escape the water. So he would just get nuked and he would die. Well, uh, I was wrong, wasn't I? Oh yeah, been dead wrong. (laughs) Literally. So I think what made the Muggle Wump so difficult was when you started attacking it, he was able to exit the pool. And then there's so many additional mobs, like Anthony stated, that are running around and the respawn time is so quick that they start adding onto your group. They start attacking you while you're attacking a Muggle Wump. So you have to control that. And once one of these mobs get low on hit points, there's a secret room right next to the Muggle Wump, a secret wall they run into, and they have these kobold-like bat creatures that are sitting in there that come, that train like, you know, 10 plus of the bat creatures onto your group as well. So we just got obliterated. <laughs> yeah, I love how you, you mentioned when we started the fight, we we had no idea if, if that little Muggle Wump would, or little huge Muggle Wump would actually come out of its little pond. And it was pretty funny to watch the, the Paladin and the Rogue go into the water. And I don't know if you remember that the Paladin was going, uh, our, our friend Tanko, he was going, he couldn't even hit him. So he was like, I can't get to him. I can't swim down. <laughs> 
and we're just trying to keep them inside the water. But maybe it's the cleric in me. Uh, for me, it's just live and let live, you know. But I, I, at first, I felt so bad for that Mugglewomp. You know, he's all by himself, all by himself, lonesome, and we just come in there and kill him. It doesn't make sense. He's a monster. He needed to be destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, for me, it was these little that came out of the secret door, right? There's a kobold that came, remember, I'm telling you, there is kobold spawning all over the place. You kill them and they're like, there's two more that would take its place. And like right after the other, it's ridiculous. But anyway, when you start getting these kobolds down on life, they run away. So one kobold is running away. We're getting the muggle whelp down. I think we got it like to like 30%. We're like, we're going to kill this thing. Yeah. And the kobold, he ran into this invisible wall. He disappears. And we're like, okay, uh, someone go get it. Someone ran in there and they start shouting, you know, there's bats everywhere. So they come back. There's a little bat creature. It's like super cute. It's like a little, it's maybe it's smaller than a gnome. It's like the gnome, the size of a gnome's like up to the kneecap, maybe. Yeah. And it has like these big eyes. It's like me. And as it comes out, there's like 15 other of these bat things that come following this massive train. We start running out of there. It starts like I, I turn around, I see them jump. All the bats start to jump on the paladin's body and start gnawing at his flesh, like that uh, Monty Python movie, the little the little rabbit. It's just flying around. These bats are flying around, getting everybody by the neck. It was horrible. I I gated out of there, <laughs> so I was not uh, ashamed of that. But uh, I know I know Tickle Winks was looking me in the eyes when all that was going down. <laughs> yeah, that that was. Awful. I mean, those those Dan Kobolds, they just pulled this huge train of the little guys that you just mentioned. And they root. I don't know if you re- you remember, they root it. Yeah, and yeah. And all you hear is our tank, Tankle. And he just yells, run! And all of a sudden, <laughs> like you said, you see all these tiny little bats going crazy. And, and you can't run back because there's, like you said, tons, 50 Kobolds all the way to the entrance. So, yeah, uh-huh. that's when you pull it out, get that gate up. <laughs> were you able to gate? I was. I was because we were so lucky because uh, the, the tanko was actually t- getting all the aggro. So you see all these tiny little bats on them, and that's what I was like, "Yep, I, I see what I see. Wonderful, perfect doing. I got to do the same thing." And just okay. I think that's where Tanko gets credit here. You know, he did what all good tanks should do. It was kind of like the movie The Predator, where that guy's on the uh, the log <laughs> and he cut he cuts his chest with a knife, and the predator's coming. You know, and Arnold and the others run away, but. So this yep. this kind of goes back to what I talked about earlier, where I wish I knew about the trivial loot experiment. So that must have been a failed experiment in real life because uh, all the mobs in that experiment that uh, Sony EQ did made the time the respawn timer six minutes instead of sixteen. So you can never clear an area when you're fighting major mobs like the king or the Mugglewump. And on top of that, you have all these roaming mobs that are pulling other aggro creatures and uh, the mobs that are dying start running away. It's complete chaos. Now, I want to know if this thing was called the Trivial Loot Experiment, where was all the loot? Because I was not seeing it. I mean, there was some loot, but I mean, if I'm killing all these kobolds, there should have been a lot more loot. That's all I'm saying. I agree. All the regular kobolds had hardly anything worthwhile. The, the, The money was poor. The gear was poor. Or what we went in there for was to get loot. And I think they had some good things for the clerk was from the king and his subordinates nearby and also the muggle wump. But we couldn't take down the muggle wump, unfortunately. So we had to, we did try one last thing with the muggle wump. So Tankle or Paladin went and attacked the muggle wump and led him to the zone. 
and there was about 30 other mobs next to the zone. But our, <laughs> our plan was, as he was pulling it to the zone, we would root the additional mobs and he, we would single out the Mugglewump, get him to the zone, and then we would all just attack him at the zone. Seems simple enough. But as soon as the Palladian zoned out, the Mugglewump immediately went back to his spawning point. Um, I'm sure they did that on purpose for these reasons. So you can't just drag the boss to the zone line and then attack him at the zone line, zoning in and out. Quick question. Did you know about the uh, loot experiment? You know, I, uh, when I looked at the zone online uh, and the information that we had, I it was maybe mentioned, but I didn't really know what it was. I had to research like what this trivial loot experiment thing was. But it's fascinating because when I think about it, um, the amount of time now in the EverQuest live servers that it takes for us to fully med- meditate and heal up is extremely fast compared to the original days or like right. Project 1999 if you're playing on that server. So when they spawn this quickly, I don't know how you can even make your way in because you don't have time to meditate. So by the time you've yeah. meditated, everything is spawned uh, ahead that you've already killed. So it's kind of hard. But, you know, talking about the the loot and the zone, what did you guys think? Did you like the zone? Did you like the mobs? Uh, you know, was there any good loot pieces that you walked away with? Even though we died, I, I really had a, a blast in the zone because it was nonstop action, right? Even trying to run away was 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 an adventure. But when it comes to the loot, unfortunately, uh, most of it really wasn't something that Tickle Wings could wear. I was really looking forward for the uh, Forlorn Bracers. And this is actually a, a drop by the Prince. And But I don't believe we saw it. Did, did you guys see the, the Prince drop that, the Bracers? No, the Prince didn't drop it. We killed the Prince, but uh, unfortunately, he didn't. I don't think he dropped anything of note. Yeah, that, that's unfortunate. Yeah, that's the one thing I was looking forward to. But still, it was a lot of fun, though. I remember when we originally set out to this zone... I thought we were going to be in this zone for no more than 30 minutes and then head to another zone to get some experience. But it took us a majority of our time, like what, two or three hours in this zone itself, because we did not expect the fast respawn times on the mobs and the fact that they lower level mobs aggro onto you. So from what I could remember, I don't remember, like if you go to another zone, let's say East Commons, and if you sit down next to a low level mob, I, I don't think they're going to attack you. They're not going to aggro onto you. But in this zone, if you sit down to a level four mob or two or whatever, they're going to hit you over the head. They're going to attack you. So that's a new feature that I believe they added in there as well. I don't, I'm not sure what other zones have that feature. You know, it's been a while since I played, but I noticed, I, I believe that's new. Yeah, I got to say, this is probably why we're, we're, we sound so defeated. <laughs> this is the, the place that we've died the most. So if you guys want to see tons of corpses from us, just go to the Warrens. We'll be there. <laughs> Nerf and Perf made it out alive. I don't know what you're talking about. Wait, you didn't die once? Oh, wait, wait, wait. I did, yeah. I died once where we were fighting the Mugglewump and uh, these, like, a, a bunch of plague rats came out of a hole or something <laughs> and started to devour my ankles as you guys were fighting. And I was running around trying to mez everything. And, and Nerf and Perf, you know, got eaten alive by, by a bunch of rats <laughs> in the corner. Speaking of rats, did you all notice when we went down uh, deep into the Warrens, there's like a prisoner camp and they have a Rudites down there and some of the cat people from Kara Island? Well, there was one room. Uh, that I found really interesting. And it just was a ton of rats, like large rats, like the level one rats. It was like, but there was like a hundred of them. And you're like, there were so many of them. They were stacked on top of each other in a little box area. It was, it was really creepy. So, you know, but we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up there. We, we had a good time in the Warrens. If you are thinking of a place to go, I say travel very carefully there. The spawn timer is a lot different than your normal dungeon. So thank you all for listening. We've hoped that we've earned your five-star rating and review. And if you want to get a hold of us, you can reach us directly on Twitter at return the number two EQ. 
at return to EQ. Also, I want to let you know that we're planning on some special bonus episodes in the future to include a guest appearance by Jeff and Sean, the hosts of Forever Quest. And also, we're going to be doing an interview with Mike Shea, also known as Sly Flourish, if you're big into Dungeons and Dragons, to discuss the early days of EverQuest and the early days of the EQ community. Anyway, we look forward to continuing to bring you the best podcast we can. And in our next episode, we're going to be heading to the Gorge of King Zorb and Runiai. So we'll see you all there in two weeks. It's time to go hunt. Take care. Thank you, guys. Bye. Let me introduce myself. I'm Meldraft the Malignant, CEO of Malignant Enterprises, located deep within a cave in Steamfond Mountains. It seems you've stumbled upon my invitation to join our organization as we begin our aggressive expansion plans to seize opportunity deep within Akanon and beyond. All new recruits are given a standard piece of cloth, just like you'd find in any of the other guilds throughout Norath. But don't bother asking me how much AC it gives, as our legal team has reminded me, it provides zero armor class, so no promises here. Anywho, as a valued member of our team, we will ask that you pull your weight and do whatever you can to stop the pesky gnome crew seeking to put a wretch in our plans. See, they've killed the Kobold King out in Otis, and well, he was one of our finest customers. I hear these gnomes are headed next to the Gorge of King's Orb and Ruddy Eye next, both valued customers of Malignant Enterprises. But with your help, we'll be waiting for them, won't we? Welcome once again to Malignant Enterprises, where tomorrow is always a more sunny day. Ta-ta!